Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, my sister friend, creator and host of Now with Natalie and Beyond the Surface, Natalie Manuel Lee talks to me about unbecoming in order to become. The winter seasons of our lives get a bad rap. They can be dark, isolating, and filled with more questions than answers. They can be downright terrifying and cause you to wonder if you'll ever feel the warmth of summer again. Sometimes when God is ready to take us to the next level of our lives, we must first walk through a season of death. But that death, that ending, isn't the end of the story. It's actually the beginning. A lot of times we want to abort the process because it's arduous, it's strenuous, it's heavy, it's tough. You can't see through the trees. You you don't have clarity. You, You feel overwhelmed. But in all reality, it's producing what it needs to produce out of you. I did have to die. Death of who I was, death of who I thought I would be, and understanding that I had to release the old to allow the new to enter in. And I think a lot of times we hold a death grip on the old and and we still want it and, and bring it because it's comfortable to bring it into the new, but it's like, God's like, I'm doing a new thing. For each of us, the question then becomes, do I have the courage to accept the painful death that will lead to my new self, my rebirth? Natalie Manuel Lee tells me about shedding the identity she knew and embracing her purpose to become the woman she is today. And in our Sankofa moment, Natalie reveals the icon she would invite on her show beyond the surface and the question she'd ask. What was the catalyst of her unbecoming? Mm, what's tea? What is Come tea? Come we need the tea and we need it on beyond the surface, so. Yes, come on, we need it, girl. I'm so happy you're here, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, how are you? Good, sis. How did we meet? That's a cool story. (laughs) Well, wait, do I know? I mean, you, you, we, ju- we literally you just t- met in person. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, okay. I'm like, wait, I want to make sure that I but slid we in connected. But tell, I want, I want you to tell the story of that. Because I think just our first phone cover, I just want you to tell, set the scene. How did we really yes, first set, connect? Set the, scene, set the scene. So I actually reached out to you via DM, but we knew <laughs> that there was some synergy there. We knew that we loved each other. We knew that we wanted to connect. And I reached out to you to have a conversation with you on my show, Beyond the Surface. And then, of course, we get on the phone and you're like, oh, my God, I actually wanted to, you know, have <laughs> you on the podcast as well. And then yeah. from there, we just started. We just knew that we've been sisters ever since. Literally, <laughs> our phone conversation felt like we had been friends for legitimately our whole lives. It was our first phone conversation. You were literally like, hey, can I call you? And I was like, yeah, sure. And we got on the phone. We're on the phone for 30 minutes. And it was a great conversation. And then when we met in person, when I was a guest on your podcast, it was literally just like a complete love fest. Um, And I just love, I love when that happens. Like those are the best types of relationships where 
It's not hard. It's easy. It makes sense. Somebody mm-hmm. is just, you know, kind of meant to be in your orbit at that time. And I'm just so grateful that you're now a part of mine and I'm a part of yours. Same, same. Well, okay. So we're going to do a couple icebreaker questions, but you actually Ooh. just led me into one. I know you to be someone who has a strong gratitude practice, um, mm-hmm. who has a deep connection with God. And I know you're someone who you know, for all intents and purposes, doesn't want, quote unquote, for anything. But in this mm. season of your life, if I, if you had to say something that you could really use right now, what would you say you need right now in this season Ooh. of your life? Boy, that's good. Uh, finding, I'm in a season of finding my new flow. I'm in a season finding of finding my, new, my flow. new flow. Finding my new flow in wife life and motherhood and work life. So I think what would be needed is just the support and finding the flow and just understanding mm. what that, that might look like um, and giving myself grace as I'm, I'm looking for that flow. Now, is it something where you think that you need to give, it's, it's really the grace you need to give yourself or is it kind of the grace you, you, you need from others or both? I think it's both, but it's really myself. I think I'm, mm. I've, I've learned that just like the false sense of urgency that I, that we all put on ourselves. And so I mm. think with me dismantling that false sense of urgency allows me to give myself the grace that I need to find this new flow. Because normally I'm used to just going, 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 going as, yeah. as okay, it's fine. But we also know that it's way more imperative to be as opposed to it is to do. I love that. Mm, in the flow. Flat, I think of water. You said that. And I was like, oh, water, just peaceful. Water. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. I need a beach. Beach me, please. I know, literally, literally. Immediately. So, uh, immediately. Okay. I have <laughs> one more fun thing to kind of, it's a personality test. So what is your favorite color and why? Explain why in a couple of sentences. To wear? Probably black in general. I like muted colors. So I, I really mm. don't have a favorite color, but I like muted colors. Um, neutrals and blacks. Mm. Okay. So, well, first of all, same. <laughs> well, right? th- those are my favorite colors to wear. My favorite color is cerulean, which is a hue of blue. But Ooh, so beautiful. your favorite color is apparently what you think of yourself. So maybe you see yourself as like neutral, as able to, you know, not, you know, you're making splashes, but not too, not too boldly, not too crazy in your face, not like chartreuse, you know, you're like a good slate gray. I like that. Yes. I like that. Okay. I receive that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The next one is, what is your favorite animal? Explain why in a few, in a few sentences. Not going to lie, I'm not a huge animal person, but if I have to choose, it would be a dog. But I'm not I'm not an animal chick at all. Um, but I know my daughter is, loves dogs already, so I'm sure that we'll get a dog in the near future. I grew up with them, mm-hmm. and there it, it does it does equate to a sense of home. You know, when you have the dog that you know, it just it feels like completion. So that's probably would be oh, my answer. Oh, my but. goodness. I just got chills because... They say what you think of your favorite animals, what you think of your preferred romantic partner. So your husband, he feels like home. Yes, He's, for sure. Oh, 
of course. Well, yes. I mean, I would hope so, but that's beautiful. Yes. I love that. And yes. you're, you're like, my daughter loves dogs. She loves her yes. daddy. That's, oh, yes. I love that. So, Natalie, I want to start at the beginning. Where do you call home? <sighs> so, my father, I grew up, my father was actually a professional baseball player, um, turned into a professional coach. And so we traveled a lot as as kids in our family. And so I was born in Sacramento. And then from Sacramento, I went to Florida for 10 years. And then from Florida, Chicago for six, Chicago back to Sacramento. So where is home <laughs> where my family is? But if I had to give you an answer, it would be Chicago. What's your favorite thing about Chicago? What it represents what it represents for me, what it represents for my family, what it represents for what it, it kind of has instilled in me. Those were the formative years of me in middle school and high school. I met my husband there, actually. Me and Brian met in middle mm. school. Um, really? Oh we met goodness. in middle school, girl. We didn't, But we didn't start dating until he came to LA, which is like years later. But anyway, so it's for me, it's it's just those those formative, formative years of the lessons that I've learned, the things that, you know, just of, of finding out really who I am and still kind of discovering. So that was more of a pivotal time for me moving into my adolescence. But as far as the city goes, I mean, it's Chicago. It's Chicago. It's, it's, yeah. It's Chicago. I don't even know how else to say it. But do I have a desire <laughs> to move back? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chicago. It's actually one of my favorite cities in the U.S. Is it? I just think... It is. I just have fallen in love with Chicago, especially summertime shy. Oh, summertime summertime Chicago. That is also one of the, not going to lie, summertime shy in uh, Michigan Avenue. Oh, yeah. It's it's special. What would you say is the greatest lesson your mother ever taught you? (sighs) Don't abort the process. Don't abort the process. Understand, and I, I, I say it often, and I feel like sometimes I feel like a, a, a broken record, but it's so true. Understanding that the things that we go through in the process are the things that we need to sustain us for the promise. And a lot of times we want to abort the process because it's arduous, it's strenuous, it's heavy, it's tough. You can't see through the trees, you, you don't have clarity, you, you feel overwhelmed, but in all reality, it's producing what it needs to produce out of you. It's producing the patience, the joy, the stamina, the, the, the peace, the trust, you know, mm-hmm. um, all those different things. So for me, that's probably one of the greatest things that she has instilled was understanding that the purpose in the process and, and the purpose wow. and the pain of the process, that's mm-hmm. a whole thing in itself and understanding that we need it. We don't want it. I don't want it. Nobody wants to go through it, but but we need it. And understanding if we had that perspective as we truck along through that to get to the next, understanding that nothing is wasted, that everything that we're going through is we're going to need it and we're going to use it. And what it's birthing out of us is way more mm. imperative than the thing that we're going after. Who? Um. She just explained <laughs> trials to triumphs for me. She just explained the entire premise of Yo. my podcast. Was there, so tell me, Natalie, was there a, an inciting incident? Was there something that happened in your life when your mother had to give you that lesson? Or was it a lesson that was instilled in you as a young girl that you pulled out 
during a trying time in your life? It's what I pull, I pull out, I pull it out every other season. I mean, as we know, like Mm. seasons change and we go through seasons of there's fall, winter, summer, and spring. But when winter hits, you got, you have to pull that tool out of your toolbox and understand that when winter hits, it's going to get be cold. It might be a little bit lonely. It might be a little bit rough, but remember this, remember this tool. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily anything that was super like prevalent. That was, this is what happened. It's just what's I've used it along the way and understanding that, the process does get harder, but it gets easier to go mm. through because of the endurance that you've gained, because of the perseverance that you gain, because you're strengthening those muscles as you are going through those processes. So yes, the process or the test gets bigger because you, of course, you go from glory to glory and you evolve into, into more. But mm. the the gratitude of that is you're able to sustain that process because of 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 the muscle that you built prior to that. So to answer, yeah, it wasn't nothing, anything specific, but it's definitely in anything just in trials of transition, like we talked about, or just Mm -hmm. uncertainty and and trusting and trusting what's next in, in, you know, relationships or whatever it may be, work life. It's just understanding that this process is needed Mm -hmm. and ain't going to last forever But no, get what you need to get out of it and keep it pushing. If that's good, that's really good, Natalie. If you if you were to look over your life, what would you say has been? (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to say this for all the book lovers out there. What would you say has been maybe your coldest winter ever? Like the coldest winter you went through in your life, when you were just like, God, I gotta, I gotta. When is summer coming? When is spring? When it's fall, uh, anything but the winter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good question. I mean, so many, just any, any and all transitions in life. I mean, I know that with me, even being pregnant, just going through that process that that was a laborious process in itself. It was, it was strenuous, just personally, just, and then also after having made Jones, I went through a really, really deep, deep postpartum depression that mm-hmm. was, was a really dark winter. Uh, the first three months were rough. No, no, no riddle, you know, nothing could have mended that except for, of course, yes, get into the presence of God. Yes. Worship, do all those different things. But sometimes you have to push through the pain. You got to walk through the yeah. pain. You have to push through that that winter, you have to walk through that winter. And, and the reason why it was such a catalyst to be a winter for me was it happened overnight. It had nothing to do with my daughter, Mae Jones. It was just like it, the overwhelming feeling of all the things at hand or the to do's to do. And just Mm. feeling like, is she okay? Does she have enough milk? Is, Is she surviving? When does she have to eat? When does she not have to eat? And then also just re identifying or remembering my identity. That was rough. That was, that was really, really rough of like going, you got to just make sure I had to go back to the basics. I had to make sure like, okay, wait a minute, this is who I am. This is who I'm called to be. And and this is what it is. And understanding that this, it was the greatest blessing. It was the biggest gift for me. May Jones is the biggest, greatest joy, but two things can be true at the same time. It was a great joy. It was a great joy, but yet I'm struggling emotionally. I'm struggling mm. hormonally. I'm struggling to like, I, who am I? Mm. What am I doing? 
Do I know what I'm doing? That was struggle for me. That 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 was probably as as a recent one of the the biggest, probably darkest winters of just remembering and knowing who I was, but also just understanding that postpartum is, is a real thing. Some people postpartum depression, some people deal with it, some people don't. And I also knew that I was as us as women, especially as black women, we have this tendency and this proclivity to go, 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 regardless of the weight, regardless of what we feel, because we feel like we have to get it done. And that's what I was doing. But I didn't realize that I had postpartum depression until I went to my checkup and I had to take a survey. And my doctor took a survey and then she looked at me and she was like, are you talking to anybody? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you have postpartum depression. And instantly I broke. And I cried because I knew I was feeling something. I knew there was like this big, dark cloud, but I just couldn't really pinpoint it. But I just kept going, 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 going. Yeah. Um, grateful she identified it for me. It did relieve me a little bit to understand that there was some identity that was put to what I was feeling. Um, but it still didn't negate the pain. It still didn't negate that season. Mm. So, but again, I was like, okay. What do I got to get out of this? What's the process? What what is what 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 lesson? What is what do I need to gain from this? And it yes. produced a lot out of me. It produced understanding. It produced grace. It 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 produced more peace, more joy. It produced more of me knowing really who I am. I feel like more so than now, I, I'm very clear of who I am than I was before I had Mae Jones. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's just indicative of that winter is going to produce some stuff out of you that you need, but you didn't realize you needed it, you know? Yeah. So that. Wow. Wow. Okay. Two questions. What? <laughs> I, this This is so beautiful. I'm so grateful that you're sharing truly, Natalie, because this yeah. is going to be very healing and yeah. helpful to so many, um, mm. so many women that are that are dealing with the same thing. But so my two questions are: one, after you realized you were dealing with postpartum depression, what was your next step? Like, what does one do? Or what did I, I can't even say one? What did you do after I called, you realized? I called my sister, and then I called because she dealt with it, and then I. Um, I told my husband and he kind of already was feeling like something was going on. And then I called this other woman that is kind of specializes in it. And did it help? It helped, but there's, you also have to do what you have to do for you. You know what I mean? I think for me, there was, were, were days where there was nothing I, I even had a desire to do and I didn't do. Then there were moments where I was like, okay, you know what? Let's put one foot in front of the other. Let me get outside. Let me get some fresh air. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I needed, I knew that I needed to be a little bit more proactive now that I was able to identify it. Hence why, you know, I I made calls and I let my community know like, Hey, this is what I'm dealing with right now. This is, I'm struggling. So one, this is what's happening Two, I don't know how you can help, but this is what it is. And for me, it wasn't like I wanted people around to, to help. It was more of just me outworking whatever I was feeling. And there's still moments. I mean, she's 16 months now. And so she's pretty much in that stop taller stage, but there's still those moments mm-hmm. of like, okay, wait, what's going on here? Hold up. Like, let me, let me, let me double check on what I'm feeling and my emotion and talking it through in therapy, talking it through and, and making sure that I'm clear on, is this what this is? Or is this what that is? You know? And so I think, the proactiveness is 
talking about it, being vocal about it. And then also just putting one foot in front of the other and then giving yourself the grace of this might take some time. This ain't going to happen overnight, but knowing that you're not alone, a lot of people do deal with it and, and, and thank God for it. You know, like I said, thank God for it because I feel like I'm, 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 I'm a little bit more certain of, of who I am than I was prior. Mm, that's great. And, and so my, my second question would be, what, I don't want to say advice. Advice, I'm trying to find another word. It's not really yeah, advice, yeah, yeah. but what, what, would you, what would you offer? That's what I will say. That's what good. would you offer, yeah, to someone else who is in that same season that you were in that you you're even mentioning you're still kind of in like what 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 would you offer to them as like a sister in in the struggle so to speak yeah know that it's not it's not going to last forever mm. know that it's going to evolve know that you'll have some days where you're up some days where you're down and just give yourself some grace and know that you're not alone i think that that's I felt so isolated. I felt so lonely. And so I think, again, what was important for me to do was share. But yet, even when you do share in in all transparency, you still can feel alone and isolated and and press in, press into the Father, press into, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I am a woman of faith. I am a woman that believes that all that we need and all that, that we desire for comes from above. And so for me, mm-hmm. that was a time where I, I really needed just to continue to press in daily and ask God to fill up my cup, f- fill me up, mm-hmm. fill me up with, with you, fill me up with your love. Show me the way that you see me, help me see myself the way that you see me being intentional about my ear gates and my eye gates, being intentional about certain things that I see or certain things that I listen to be intentional about what sermons I'm listening to, what worship I'm listening to, being intentional about how I need to fill myself up as opposed to um, just going on with the day and knowing that if you wake up and you're feeling on E, get in that closet, get in that prayer closet and and know that sometimes you're not going to have an instant solution right away. But yeah. knowing that, you know, you're, you're giving it, giving it to God, you're giving it to him and also doing all that you can do. And knowing that it's, it, it might take some time. It might take some yeah. time, but the biggest thing is you ain't alone. You are not alone. Ooh, yes, <laughs> you are not alone. That is just so, even I just had to exhale. Like, it just feels so good. You know, mm-hmm. community is so important. Community is so important. And it's so, huge. it's huge and so freeing and so powerful to just have someone either say that grab your hand, squeeze it, give you a good hug, whisper in your ear, you're not alone. I got your back. I got your front. I got your side. You know, like that is so, 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 so important. And my prayer is that everybody can find who those people are for them, you know, because it's a game changer. It it really, 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 really is. Um, It's important. You need that. And that's probably also too why the pandemic was so hard for so many of us is because we weren't we were restricted from that tangible touch from people. I love. I just you're just a, a, a well a well of wisdom. That's what you are. And that so you are just you. are so. Thank you, my sister. I, I really appreciate it. So I want to talk about now with Natalie. 
Okay. Yeah. Now with Natalie is, I mean, you know what I think is so cool? You you said on The Breakfast Club, you said, we ask God to take us to the next level of our life, but we don't realize when we ask him, we go through a season of death or hell as preparation for what we prayed for. Yeah. So we got to get yeah. into it, Natalie. We got to get into it because... But we just... That's that's what we just talked about because, <laughs> I mean, also too, and and so now with Natalie... So wait, which one do you want to talk about? The, uh, well, that's leading me to now with Natalie because I'm assuming that's something you prayed for. So I want to know how you got through to get there. Yeah, that's good. So I actually, the transition of that was I worked with my brother. He is the founder and creator of Fear of God. And so I worked with him for three years, helping him build his brand. And I felt like it was time for me to go. It just was, there was a tug. There was, there was just an inkling, a discernment that it was time to transition out. And with that, I knew that I needed to go, but I didn't know what I was going to do. And Mm. so that's kind of where now Natalie came about. I've always had a desire to kind of be the bridge and the gap between faith and culture and kind of making it a tasteful way for us to be able to receive and have palatable conversations. And so for me, that's kind of what was the genesis of now Natalie. After I left Fear of God, there was a time where I did go through another deep, dark kind of, not dark, but more so just a, a, a depression of not knowing who I was because my identity was so focused on what I did with my brother and the doing that I was like, this is who I am. And and then I went through a place of, no, that title is gone. So wait, who are you? And I had to, of course, we know that we go back to the basics. I grew up in church. I'm, I'm a woman of faith. So I'm very clear of all those things, but sometimes they just don't add up when you're in those seasons and when you're in that place. Um, so for me, the genesis of now with Natalie was created because I was like, wait a minute, we need to have these conversations of how we're seeing ourselves, the identity of people and, and what, what people think of themselves. And so that's where now with Natalie began. And I wanted to just, I tapped in on my community. I said, Hey, do you guys, are you guys down to sit down and have conversations about identity, sit down, have conversations about really who you are and, and understanding that the through line of, of what you believe is your faith and kind of highlighting that. And so that's where it started. I didn't really realize I had a gift in it until probably like the fifth interview in, but it's just kind of indicative, you know, for anybody even listening, just taking that step, you know, being obedient, not knowing where you're going to collide and what it's going to do. Because for me, I didn't even, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. I just was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try. And now it has, we've kind of evolved into other things. So now Natalie will always be there. But for me, it's more of just making sure that the conversations still stay alive through me as a vessel. So right now, as you know, you were on beyond the surface. And so that's another entity of what Natalie is. And so for me, that's kind of where it started, but I did have to die. So going back to, Mm. you know, you referred Mm. to the quote that I said in in the breakfast club, I did definitely before that, that's where that season was between fear of God and now Natalie of just Uh death, death of who I was, death of who I thought I would be and understanding that I had to release the old to allow the new to enter in. And I think a lot of times we hold a death grip on the old and, and we still want it and, and bring it because it's comfortable to bring it into the new. But it's like, God's like, I'm doing a new thing. 
Like you're just going to, we're going to have to die. We're going to have to unbecome. We're going to have to shed some stuff off of you in order for you to continue to enter in. So that was the death. (laughs) I mean, you know, here's the thing about, about death. It's, it's how you look at it, right? Like some look at death as finite. Others look at death as the opportunity for a rebirth. And it sounds like Mm. that's what you did, you know? And I think that, again, that is, that speaks to the power of perspective. Both can be true. You have to decide what's true for you. If you decide that your journey and your story is over, then it will be. If you decide that you're starting a new journey, then that's what it will be too. And I'm so, yeah, like I'm so fired up by by that concept by that thought yes. because it is Same. it's so it's so important and you know I can even think about it in my lifetimes in which I just have been resisting the death and I think it's because when I think of death I think about the first version of it which is it's finite if I mm. if I allow this part of myself to die then mm. what is there will I never have it back will I never and and I think God is like well, I got all these other things. I we got to make space. So can you can you Come let on. that one go? It, we have to look at it more as like purging. And I love to purge. Now I purge my closet four or five times a year. Same. It's my favorite thing to do. They know me at Goodwill. I'm like, hey, everybody. It's you know. So if I'm able to purge clothes, <laughs> right? I have to be able to purge that which no longer serves me. I have to be able to purge that too. Um, you better preach. Right. And and that's, you know, because I was going to ask you about what is your relation? And you kind of already spoke to it, but I, I kind of want to get into it a little bit deeper. How would you describe your relationship with endings and beginnings? Is is it easy for you? Do you struggle a little bit? No, I struggle a little bit. That's not mm-hmm. easy. It, again, just because... <laughs> We know the purpose of it because we know (laughs) the why behind it doesn't negate it being arduous. I love it, but yet I hate it. Like, thank God for it, you know, because there is a spirit of expectancy that happens when you know that you're going through that transition of, of death and rebirth. But I think what is probably the biggest thing is, is, is trusting the uncertainty during that time. And, and, and trusting it and allowing it to flow, like we talked about, just finding that flow. So my relationship with, with, with death of something after it dies, I'm like, oh, thank God it's gone. Like, oh, thank God that that's done. I think it's more of just the, the process of maybe getting there that could be a little bit harder. And the new beginnings, I love new beginnings. Love new yes. beginnings because, you know, the, 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 the possibilities are endless. Like I love a new beginning. I love a new opportunity. I, I I love a new day. I love, you know, so yeah. So I think for me, probably the not so fun part would be, would be the death part. Mm. But you're right. I, again, I'm, I'm really on like this perspective way yeah. because death is not the fun part. Like, not at all, you know, it's it's just not. But there is something exciting about what could be birthed from death. It, that sounds so backwards and crazy, but I, I, I can totally see it. And there is kind of like this butterfly that comes into your stomach because it's like, well, 
if this died, then that means something will then be, it will be replaced with something. I might yeah. not know what it is. I don't know what it yeah. is, yeah. but I, I know it's going to be good. It's not going to be any yeah. worse than what, it, <laughs> than what, than what totally. just died. It's not, mm-hmm. not, not going to be replaced with something that doesn't serve me. I have to believe that it's going to be replaced with something that will only serve me better. So yes. it might be a little painful, might be a little uncomfortable, might be a little confusing, mm-hmm. but I have to be expectant of what's to come. Come and on, it just it. sounds like, yeah, that that's what it is. And I just love that you've been able to do that. And most importantly, I love that now with Natalie, Beyond the Surface has been birthed from the death of some other things that didn't that no longer served you. I just think that is a testament. I just think it speaks to who you are as a person that you listen and you go where you are called. You go yeah. where you mm. are called. And so mm. that leads me to your husband. You go mm-hmm. where you are called. Mm-hmm. So I want to mm-hmm. know how your husband, how your marriage has been an anchor mm. for all of the beautiful things we just we just have talked about in your life. Whew, that's good. Uh, it has been a great offering of a huge mirror for me to, mm-hmm. to, to look at myself. A huge Ooh. mirror. And so I think that's probably the biggest anchor in itself of just the unbecoming to become. And I think that that's been the lessons for me in, you know, this marriage and in this partnership is just understanding that a lot of things that served you before don't serve you now. Mm. That's just life in general. So understanding that there's certain attributes and things about you that are needed, but maybe are not necessarily needed in your marriage or in your relationship. And also there's a lot of things that you see of, yourself that you didn't know was even there until you are in a marriage. So to me, that's the great anchoring of, and that's a great Mm. covering of being able to see the not so pretty things and for you to have the courage and strength to literally undo them for the sake of the greater good. And for the sake of, of the call on your life, not only as, as, as a marriage, but um, individually as well. Yeah. I, you know, I, that's beautiful. I think that's one of my favorite parts about marriage and I'm, just a, a little over seven months in. <laughs> You're doing great, but, girl. <laughs> thank you, sis. Thank you. That's why I need like my my people that have been in the it. marriage game. I need I need all the all the support. But that, that's one of my favorite parts is that marriage. If you're really in it, the way you say you want to be in it when you're at the altar for most of us, you know what I mean? Saying the vows and all those things. And it then mm. it's going to get ugly. And I don't mean ugly in the sense of turmoil. I don't mean that. Mm-hmm. I mean ugly in the sense of the mirror. <laughs> like looking right. in that mirror and not always being or feeling or looking your best. And let me again clarify, I don't mean aesthetically. I mean, just inherently the core of who you are, all the messy bits that you don't even know are inside, they start coming out in marriage. And the most beautiful part about it is that my husband, your husband, they are still able to look at us and smile because they know where Mm -hmm. we're headed. They know where we're headed. It's beautiful. Even the messiness is beautiful. You know what I mean? And and, and Mm -hmm. there's support 
in the messiness. I think that's why, you know, yeah. I always tell people, like, you don't want to be, you don't want to marry someone that's perfect and you don't need to be perfect to be married. It's not about perfection. Yeah. It's and about growth. And, and you'll and never, never be ready. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got to be ready. I don't have to wait for this or wait for that. No, you'll, you'll get ready when you're in it. You know, and I mean, that's kind of how I see. And you, you also don't know what you'll need or, or what it will take until you're in it. And so just, yeah. you know, understanding to just abide, abide and in, in what this, this is, you know, and just yes, yes, there's the happy days. Yep. There's mm-hmm. happy days. And there's other days where this is the sole purpose is to, to undo some stuff mm. and, and be okay with that. Yeah. And if you're with, the right person. And when I say the right person, I mean the person that you feel is right for you. Because there's there's, yes. there's there's no, like, handbook right. on what is the right... Although, actually, there are handbooks on who the right person is. But that doesn't mean you have to listen to them. That No right. one can decide that for you. But I think the most important part I'm finding for me is safety. I need to feel safe. Because how can mm-hmm. I have this mirror this constant mm-hmm. mirror in front of me that oftentimes makes you feel exposed and not feel safe to be whatever that is. You know right. what I mean? Like right. that is so, 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 so important. And so, you know, yeah. sis, I'm so happy that you have that. And I'm so happy yeah. that we have each other to support totally. one another as wives, you know, in wifehood, wife life. It's it's very heartwarming for me and, and I'm just so grateful for it. Really and vice am. versa. And vice versa. Because it's it's real and, and you need that and you definitely need those couple friends. So I want to know what has been your takeaway from our conversation today? Everything. Great reminders. <laughs> what you have even honestly like this is really refreshing. Like this wasn't a oh we're doing a podcast. No, we actually just had a girlfriend chat and I think that this was wonderful. <laughs> So my takeaway was filling up. Fill, you fill me up. You fill me up. Mm. I fill Thank up. you, sister. You filled me yes. up. I'm always filled up by you. I can just look at you and I'm like, ah. Oh. And then May Jones. <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. Oh, Girl, I can't wait she's to squeeze right her. May she is Jones on full blown. is fly, y'all. She is a fly, sixteen <laughs> month old in the streets. Parents Maybe fly. Street. They take fly pictures. She got swag to her. Oh, my goodness. I just, she's adorable. Okay, so my my takeaway is the perspective on death. I really Mm. needed that. I really, really needed that. And everything, all the, the realizations that I had, they happened in real time. Like, that perspective. I was able to find the perspective in talking to you and in you offering that perspective to me. So mm-hmm. I have to say, I feel more equipped to mm-hmm. handle seasons or, or or things in my life that feel like they're they're dying. It's okay. Yeah, that's good. It's okay. And vice versa. Okay. And vice versa. I, I feel I I fully got that too for me. That's what I mean by filled mm. up. Like you actually just put a couple more things in my toolbox. I just want to say, I love you. I thank you. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. honor you mm-hmm. for all that you are and all that you do. I sincerely, mm-hmm. sincerely mean that. And thank you so much for saying yes. Thank you. Yes, and vice versa. And kudos to you and even more. And just 
thank you for answering the call, the call on your life mm. and understanding that it will be fulfilled in the way that it needs to be. So thank you. After the credits, Natalie and I get into her dream guests for Beyond the Surface and what she would hope to learn from them. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Its senior editor is Verilyn Williams. Sound designer is Cedric Wilson. Managing producers are Camille Stennis and Paulina Velasco. Assistant producers are Michelle Baker and Shanice Tyndall. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you do, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you hear the next one. Which historic icon would you have invited on Now with Natalie or Beyond the Surface? And what questions would you have asked them or what would you hope to learn from them? Michelle Obama. Yes, 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 yes. What was the catalyst of her unbecoming? Michelle, what's Come tea? On, Michelle. What is Come on. tea? Come on. We need the tea and we need it on beyond <laughs> the surface. So yes. Come um, on. anyone who has the connect, please um let us know. Maybe, maybe maybe we send her a DM. Maybe who knows? Listen, she might be hey, answering. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Lord, please. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Michelle, world. we hope you're listening to this. We love you. <laughs> yes, we do. We honor you and we know you got a lot of gold in there for, for the people. Yes, that's good. Thank you, sis. I love that. <laughs>